This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Love Clues. Grace and I are recording this podcast on Gadigal land, which is also the land where we live and work, and we'd like to pay our respects to that. Yes, welcome back everybody to another episode of Love Clues. My name is Grace. And I'm Lily. And together we make up the band called Clues. This is a podcast where we basically talk to beautiful people who are in our orbit about love, dating and relationships, whatever that means to them. And we are so excited this week because we are joined by the Australian pop star, Eve's Caritas. I have been a, I've actually been a big fan of Eve since she was called, back in the day when she was called Eve's The Behaviour with songs like Electrical. Um, so go add some of her music to your playlists. You will not regret it. And for someone who can synthesize human emotions into beautiful, touching lyrics that really hit your soul, I just think she is such a perfect guest for Love Clues and I'm very honoured that we get to sit down and talk to her today. So welcome to the podcast. That was a very lovely intro. I like to do a hero's clap. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. You no, honestly, it. Hannah, we really do love your songwriting and we really wanted to talk to you because of that reason. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And just to avoid confusion, Eve's Caritas, her real name is Hannah, so we will be calling her Hannah for the purposes of this conversation. Yeah, we established we're on first name basis, so I think yeah. that, I think that's good. Yeah, I think we're going to stick to that vein. Yeah. Um. So I know that you spent a couple of years in London, right? So you're from Brisbane originally and then you spent a couple of years in London. And I believe that was like back in 2015, so it was a while ago now. You're probably 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you about that to start off with. Like was that like that's such a big move, moving to the other side of the world when you're 20. Was that just for your music career? Was that like, did you feel like you just needed an adventure? Did you feel like you needed to take a risk? Was it for relationships? Like, what's the story behind that? All of the above, maybe. There was a, a, a sort of unspoken pact I'd made with myself when I was really young that I would live in London, at least for a bit of time. And when I finished school, I kicked around Australia for a bit, made some music, it did all right. And then I thought, I have, 
itchy feet or whatever the, mm. the phrase is. And I was like, okay, now's the time to do this. I want to make an album. I think at the time I was also trying to separate myself a bit from the Eves of Behaviour work that you mentioned because that was very of a time, very like angsty and dark and it was like a character as well and I, I felt like I had like almost made a character to substitute for not having like a strong sense of mm. personal energy or something. It was obviously not conscious at the time but in retrospect I, that's how I think about it. I was like the Eve's the behavior thing was definitely a character and I felt like it was maybe a bit hollow, like I felt a bit hollow about it. So I was like, I need to go and like actually live a little and figure out who I am. Mm. And that's why when I went to London, I changed the artist name to my real surname because I just wanted to uh, reflect more of who I was and the stories that I was wanting to tell, like from from Hannah rather than, yeah, from this moniker that I had, mm. had made. But London, yeah, I mean... I don't know. It's funny when you think about being 20 and 21 and how everything just seems to revolve around this idea that you're always going to be that age mm. um, and you're always going to be like in the young like cohort. And then when you sort of grow out of that and you realize, oh, there's like a, a new group of these 21 year olds that have like moved in. It's a little um, there's a bit of like a personal reckoning that happens and you have to be like, OK, life is moving forwards. But I will always have the time I spent in London as like a 20 to 24 year old. Mm. And it was amazing. It was the best fun I've ever had in my life. But I'm glad I'm not living in it anymore. Oh, my oh. God. You really did it. <laughs> Every day of my life lately, I wake up and I think I have loved the experiences I've had in my young 20s, but I would never go back and be 20 or 21 again. And it's so yeah. fun. Like, don't you think it's so much easier to find yourself and find who you are sometimes when you're taken out of your original home location? Like, it's something strangely comforting about being anonymous, like in a big city like London or even just moving cities. That's where you find your creative voice because you yeah. can just be whoever you want to be. Definitely. I didn't really know anyone when I moved there. So I was um, really starting fresh. And then I found myself in a relationship that became so like interconnected with my experience in London that I still to this day, and this, this isn't meant to sound like throwing shade at that person at mm -hmm. all, because it was a lovely time. But I still to this day don't know if I was in love with the person or just the experience of being in a new city yeah. like it was so interlocked oh. I'm like what was I high on was it this person <laughs> company like if I took that person out of London yeah 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 would I still have connected with them in that way I'd I, th yeah. I, I I think it would be impossible to have one without the other right it's like anyone you're in a relationship with there is always going to be a, an element of right person right time yeah. but that's so interesting that is really interesting to reflect on I that wonder. is so something I would do I could just like romanticize a whole situation in my life and if I picked apart the individual elements of it I'm like does this even make sense I don't know or am I just here. wearing rose-colored glasses yeah no it's good yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sort of yeah what happened and I, I suppose I don't think he's ever going to listen to this podcast because he lives in London and doesn't talk to me anymore but that's 
<laughs> hey, clues, love clues worldwide, you know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I hope it doesn't find its way to him. I, I think ultimately, yeah, that's why it didn't really work because maybe I was just attached to the city and, like, there wasn't enough actually there to mm. for it to sustain itself long term. Did it end when you were decided that you were going to come back to Australia or did it end before then? It ended uh, kind of at the same time. Yeah, so I came back to Australia just before I put out my first album and uh, funnily on that trip I toured with Cub Sport, mm. then kind of started doing all the promo for the album and then ended up just like staying here for six months and then that was kind of how I just ended up staying back in Australia. Mm. Uh, but in that time... Yeah, the relationship just fell apart, fell apart. And then on the Cub Sport tour, I met my now partner, Dan, <gasps> what? who was drummer of Cub Sport. And yeah, oh that my was god. five years ago. <laughs> oh my God, that's so sweet. What a meet cute. Oh my God. What a power couple. I'm sorry. That is just too much. That was too oh, much for me. That's awesome. Love you're, still, you're still together? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even, I mean, that's funny because sometimes going into the Love Clues podcast world, you know, we don't know if you are in love or have been in love or have a relationship or have a partner. So, mm. but when when our guests are, are in a good relationship, I'm like, oh, it makes me so happy. Me too. No, so that's and great. I, I don't really, sh- like I, I, I'm very uh, consciously private with that online mm. just because it doesn't seem like relevant to yeah what totally <laughs> I did some digging and I couldn't find it so Grace did, well a, done. Yeah, Grace did a deep dive I went full PI yeah. but it's not relevant except you're, if you're coming on Love Clues so it's relevant um, yeah. today it's relevant yeah, today no. from now on yeah just out of interest like if you find yourself in a situation like this where you know you're having like press or a conversation that overlaps like your personal life with the music side of things do you find it strange or do you try and like compartmentalize them all the time? I don't actively compartmentalize it. It just doesn't really come up. It's funny though, because like Dan, he's obviously a drummer and he drums in Cub Sport, but he's like toured with me. He's like drummed for me a few times. Mm. Uh, like he's very involved in my day to day career, just in terms of like, yeah, right. About decision making and like Cub Sport are, you know, they're self managed. Um, they're self labeled as well. Like they're entirely independent. Mm. So it's just such a good um, sounding board to have someone that knows what that's like for me going into this next phase of my career being self managed. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question though. No, you did. <laughs> you, you actually did. you answered it and you actually set up a perfect segue into the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, as you know. So for those who don't know, you made this Instagram post last year, I think it was in October, that really resonated with a lot of people. And for those who didn't see it, it was basically like this beautiful, concise essay about the pressures of, well, it was about so many things. This is just my take from it, like the pressures of being a woman in music and contending with social media and art and your body, like, oh my gosh, it covered a lot of things. And then it kind of ended with you saying that you were now going to be a self-managed artist, which is awesome. Congrats. That's really cool. Yeah. So I was just wondering if that was still where you're at and what it's been like in the months, you know, since you've been running your own, your own project and how's it going? Yeah. Still self-managed, still loving it. It's, 
it's challenging. Uh, there's obviously just such a different side to the industry that I kind of always avoided. Like I always, I never wanted to have like difficult conversations and talk to people directly who were working, you know, on my, it sounds so stupid now that I say it out loud, but it's like, yeah, I never wanted to talk to the people who were making my music videos and mm. just just everyone that was involved kind of had to get spoken to through someone else. And I mean, that's kind of how I ended up in a situation where I just felt so uncomfortable with my career and where it was at and the way that I was being um, presented as a woman and you know there's so so much you can talk about in that topic like in terms of what it means to be empowered and is it empowering to take your clothes off and all that sort of thing and Mm. it really depends on the person I think that's what I've kind of come to the conclusion of like for me I'm I'm not like (laughs) I'm not an alpha like I've never been an alpha alpha chick you know what I mean like I don't walk into a room and think oh, like oh that's funny everybody because <laughs> like looks at me and like I direct like the energy like I'm not that I'm like I will sit in a corner and I'm actually quite shy like I've never mm. been so aware of that as I have over the last six months now that I've kind of just allowed myself to be myself mm. I've stopped trying to become a version that someone else wanted me to be which was like yeah, this like alpha pop star chick that Mm. I don't know. I'm just like, that's not me. That's not my energy. That's not what makes me special. So being self-managed, yeah, the last six months, it's actually been longer than six months. It's been probably 10. Um, They've been amazing. I've started working on my next album. I've just been able to have so much more autonomy Mm. and agency and yeah I just I'm having a lot of realizations of like why did I let things well it's not even why did I let things get so bad it's just what it's like being a woman in the music industry you sort of just think you have to do things within this certain template of like okay I have a manager and that manager is probably going to be a male because there's more male managers than there are female ones in Australia and Mm. within that relationship there's an age gap Mm. which leans into a power dynamic which leans into like a real clash of like ideologies and how, you know, a male manager who's white and middle-aged and straight is never going to understand the experience of a woman in her twenties. Yeah. (laughs) Like like how is that ever going to work? I don't know. I don't know why. And the cogs in my brain turn and turn and turn and we can cut this out of the podcast, which is for us because I don't want to say it a thousand times, but I'm literally doing my PhD on this now. I did my honours on it last year, but my PhD, I'm just started my PhD and it's the whole topic is like, yeah, women's experiences of all that in the music industry and like a a post Me Too assessment of the industry here and like Mm. barriers to reform. So I'm like so up to my eyeballs in like this way of thinking. Um, I was going to say as well, like I think that the funny thing is like what you were saying before where there's kind of a middleman and if you have a manager, you're not necessarily the one liaising with all the different people on your team, like, you know, the people who make your music videos, your agent, your label. Like I think people who aren't in the music industry don't realise or just wouldn't know how 
enormous the universe and the industry is that you're operating in. And like we went through a period of being self-managed as well. And I think like talk about empowering. I think that was the most empowering thing that could have happened to us, whether we wanted it to or not, because we did take so much ownership and like we did take so much initiative and suddenly like it was, we weren't just waiting for someone to do things for us. We were totally like steering our entire ship and that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just able to cut to the core of things so much quicker and make decisions that are like right for you rather than someone else kind of telling you, oh, no, that's not how things go. That's not mm. how things work. And it's yeah. like, well, you say that, but there's no rules. Like yeah. <laughs> this isn't yeah school like we can do whatever we want like it's our life like our career we get to decide what we want to do and how we want to navigate the industry and set boundaries and that's okay it's Mm. it's so it's fair enough and that's been yeah the most liberating thing about it is just being able to get you know re in touch with myself and Mm. I'm so excited and proud about what I'm making right now and how I want to present it and it might be a bit jarring for people who are fans of me over the last few years and that's okay too because <laughs> I don't really know she's it's free she's free she's free and like oh it's my gosh Hannah. About growth um yeah and yeah. it was oh totally and even I think even transcending the the little bubble that the music industry is in this world, but even just to the human experience, I think when you um, made that post, what really resonated in it for me was you kind of talked about something that I haven't heard many women or artists um, talk about or post about, which is like the strange um, comfort that comes from uh, attention, especially male attention. Mm -hmm. And it was, I don't know, I thought it was just like very vulnerable of you to write something that was really honest about how we can like be so disgusted by misogynist comments towards our bodies or, you know, like obviously we have a certain expectation as women of how we want to be treated by men. But then when we do get attention, like it is very comforting and it's a scary thing to let go of, obviously, because we're socialized to kind of see that as our value. And I don't know, when I read your post, I was like, wow, that just like really, I don't know, it kind of set something free in my heart a little bit to be like, oh, like it was just really nice to see you openly let go of that. But then it kind of say that it was daunting Anyway, it was just really cool and I thought it like totally kind of transcended even just the music industry conversation that was happening at the time. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you. I just had to be incredibly real with myself and that meant like confronting all those awkward truths, I guess, because Mm. it it fully is awkward acknowledging that, yeah, it was like uh, getting likes based off of posts that were there was no other purpose to the posts other than like body checks and like thirst traps and stuff Mm. and it made me feel it just made me feel like I was accepted or something and then it's doing the complete 180 and flipping that feeling completely inside out and being like okay, but I'm just like selling my consent. I'm not actually changing things 
for women. Like I'm just benefiting from a man's system. Mm. And that I think was the thing that really pushed me over the edge. It was just this idea. What made it, what made it, what made the perspective switch for you like that? It was, and this, okay, this is another incredibly vulnerable thing to say, but like I had a lot of success with a song called Complicated And then the way that I followed that up with an EP and a bunch of songs, it it didn't work. Like those songs didn't connect. They, I don't know, like they didn't flop, but like it wasn't this success story that kept going up and up. It was like, Mm. oh, here's a really good song. I did really well. And then it just kind of petered out. Mm. And it's that realisation that happens when something doesn't go to plan or something isn't a success and you weren't being yourself, it's like especially, it's like the dagger is just dug in you especially deep because it's like, fuck, I wasn't even being myself and it didn't work. Like if I had like gone through that whole phase of my career, at least being like feeling like I was being authentic and genuine and it didn't work, I was like, I'd be like, whatever. At least I liked it. But it was like this realisation that like I didn't like what I was doing and it still didn't work. And then I just felt pissed off. I was just like, fuck this. Sorry, oh, I'm swearing. No. Oh, my God. I'm getting so riled up because These I... are the words Grace has literally spoken before verbatim. Verbatim. I just can't believe, like, that is that is totally a realisation and a, le- a massive learning for us, like, in our, in our work lives and in our personal lives that we've kind of realised over the past couple of years is exactly what you're saying, like imagine like imagine not being your authentic self because people are telling you that's what's going to work and still not getting the you know happy ending that you were promised like it just feels like you've sold your soul to the devil for like Mm -hmm. nothing nothing. in return and we've literally said to each other like it's and I think this goes for like anything in life it's so much better to trust your gut and be your authentic self and fail than it is to try and you know Frankenstein yourself into something that you're not hoping for external validation because guess what when you don't get it and the plan doesn't go to plan you're left with nothing you're left with nothing and it's such a terrible feeling yeah Yeah. oh man that I mean that does seem like I don't know if that's a scary thing for you to say out loud but as soon as you said that I was like oh that is like totally us that we have we have totally been in that mindset over the past couple years and then do you think like I don't know if if you learnt that lesson through your artistry and through music do you think that you've taken that into your real life is that how you how you were living anyway or did you kind of come to that realization through the music lesson like in your relationships and even in your relationship with yourself like which came Um, first I think maybe all at once uh I don't know if it was just COVID I don't know how to say it other than like Started COVID, I was a bit of a dickhead. Like I wasn't like, I'm not super proud about decisions I made like in my relationship and just things I did. And it was a very like self-serving kind of Mm. act. And then that coincided with me feeling so lost with my artistry. 
Uh, and I think it all just kind of at once, although maybe it was coming to terms with the relationship side first, where I was just like, hang on, like, I'm being a dick. I need to be a better person. My partner makes me a better person. Mm. My partner really helped like nurture me into having the confidence to like walk away from my manager like mm. that. I don't know. Oh, that's could... so amazing. That's that so legit... amazing. Wait, is it this is your current partner? Did you say Dan? Was yeah, it? Dan. Oh, <laughs> I mean. Dan is a Love you, Dan. Legend. Love you. I don't know. Dan. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on, go on. Oh, wow. So Dan really nurtured you to come to that place. Yeah. He's always just like he's so supportive and I think he could see just how unhealthy the the management relationship was and my relationship with my my work and it was just through a lot of conversations where I had to kind of figure out what was wrong and, and how to get to the bottom of it that he was just mm. so open to like having those conversations with me they're necessary evils I guess mm. like I'm glad I went through it then they're not because I've learned the lesson like yeah. it's I'm never going back to that like I would rather not do this this job if it means doing it the way I mm. I used to do it I think it's interesting that that kind of double-edged sword scenario is not just applicable to one area. Like it makes sense that you had to kind of, that you came to that realisation across every area of your life at the same time because it's like it's not just something that's isolated to a music career. It's not just something that's Mm -hmm. isolated to existing in a world where you're constantly under scrutiny by the male gaze. It's like all of these things go hand in hand about like the thing that you're told to be like pandering to actually doesn't do you any kind of service. It's so bad. I don't know what we're going to do. We're really trapped. I was going to say, I'm so impressed that like it's a cage. It's a cage. (laughs) We can't get out. But I was going to say, you are just like someone who is able to verbalize a lot of things that I know a lot of women and a lot of people feel that we are too afraid to say and like for people who haven't seen the post everyone should go and look at the Eves Caritas Instagram because it's really amazing but the things that you articulated are things that we all know and we all know they're real like you know the little buzz that you get from male validation that's the double-edged sword I'm talking about mm-hmm. like you get this positive feeling of like yes I'm doing the right thing I'm a hot sexy girl and everyone loves me but then you feel like your soul is getting crushed and you're like this literally doesn't mean anything. Why do I care? Yeah. And you are brave enough to actually like go out and like verbalize that to people. That's amazing. Well, I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't really see it as bravery. I see it more as like, I had no other choice. Like it was just like, I just reached, I just hit rock bottom and I was just like, mm. I, I need to address this. Otherwise, I feel like I'm admitting defeat or something. Mm. But, yeah, just on that point about the whole getting a buzz from, like, the male gaze or whatever, it's, Mm. yeah. I mean, I know the purpose of this podcast isn't to talk about that stuff, but it's like. Oh, yes, it is. And I literally have to, I literally have to hold myself back because the whole purpose of my life is to talk about that and I'm like, really shut up for one second. Yeah. Go on. But it, it, it is, it's that whole conversation of like, I think we get that buzz because we think it's empowering to take ownership in quote unquote of our sexuality and our bodies. But it's like, 
but are we actually doing that? It's like... Mm. You said before in a way of, you just said really simple, simply like, am I actually helping other women? Or I don't know, you said it in some way like that, which I guess is a really good way to think about it. Yeah, it's just this idea. And I I didn't coin this phrase, I I read it, but it just seems to like, um, very succinctly describe that thing we're talking about, which is like, am I just selling my consent? Like people go on and on about Mm. consent and women's giving like giving consent and what it means to be like hollowed out and cackled and all that sort of stuff but it's like if you take off your clothes and call it empowerment you're just selling it's like you're putting your consent up for sale it's like you're letting you're giving it like a waving a green flag to a man to say you can catcall me now Mm. it's not like you're changing how men view women no like you're not doing that you're just that's one way of looking at it. There is a whole other side where you're like, yes, maybe it is empowering to take off your clothes. It really depends on the person. But it does. I think it does. And that is so true. And I don't think, I mean, oh, we actually just had another Hannah on the podcast who runs this news organisation called Cheek Media Company. Anyway, she's an, this awesome woman. But we were kind of talking about the same thing, like, the messaging that we get around all of this isn't nuanced enough to say, like, tap into how it makes you feel as an individual. Like, if Mm. you're the type of woman who is, like, I don't know, if that is empowering for you, then that's great. But if it's not, then that's okay. Like, we were talking about how it kind of is, like, and I feel it a lot, like, to be modern and to be, like, on the frontier of feminism these days days and to be like cool you have to be you have to like own your sexuality in a certain type of way and kind of like you were saying I think yeah you were saying before that you don't feel like you're some like alpha chick or whatever and I definitely don't feel like that or used to not feel like that at at all and so it is strange and it kind of dovetails back to music I know this is like a roundabout way of saying it but just like being put into a situation where you have a public platform and you're like taking up space on a stage and you kind of have this persona suddenly that's like larger than you actually feel in yourself. And you become a character. And yeah, you become I've noticed life. a lot that it makes me feel like I should yeah, be taking some sort of ownership of like my sexuality or my like body or whatever. And I'm like, does that even connect with how I feel? Yeah. I don't even know anymore. I'm like, are you actually like, I'm like that? what's going on? Do you actually want to do yeah. that? Or are you just like slipping into the role? I mean, there's so many other ways to be larger than yourself in terms of being like a public figure, mm. other than just being a woman who's boastingly sexual. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's mm. It, it it's okay to take up space and 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 promote yourself and all that sort of mm. thing. I think you just got to understand what you what you want to promote. And for me, it was just this idea of like what makes me special. Just tap into that. And mm. for me, it's like a sensitivity thing. Like I've always been like mm. soft and like I want to live a little soft life, and that's okay. And mm. just talk about that stuff. Like that's fine. There's yeah, an audience, yeah, it's for that, nice. right? It's like. Yeah, that's the thing. There is an audience for that. And I I just want to like, I feel like I should say, I really don't want this part of our conversation to come across like we're saying, you know, you know, if you're pandering to the male gaze, you must not be empowered and you're not a feminist and you should just give up. Like, that's really not what we're trying to articulate. But I do think it's such a nuanced conversation now about, yes, we are stepping up and we are able to show more skin and it's fine. And like, no one's going to think twice 
But I do think at the same time, like you've both said, you do have to, I think you do have to have the awareness and the self-reflective capabilities to be able to just really sit with yourself and be like, okay, do I actually want to do this or is there some other way that would actually make me feel more empowered. And isn't myself. it weird? Because on the other hand, if I, yeah, totally. But I'm like, even thinking in my personal life, I, like if I post a photo of myself on Instagram in a bikini, I feel like I'm doing that for myself. And then at the same time, I will smack any man who looks my way. Like, I think I still very much am like, you, I just want women to like, you could literally be naked wearing a piece of dental floss and I'm like don't you even look at her if you're a man so it is like a weird kind of like you get pulled in two directions because you can't you like well you can't control how people perceive you it's it's so confusing control the reaction like you you should totally wear dental floss like you should do that that'd be fucking awesome like that would be a sleigh I'm sorry but that would be a sleigh but then the double-edged sword is but you can't avoid the reaction that men would have seeing that image. It's so oh. hard. It's like you're still. That's why it's, yeah, like you said, it's just such a nuanced conversation. It's it's never been about slut shaming. Like that's 100% the complete opposite mm. of, of my point of view with this. Yeah. It's all about, I think, yeah, like you said before, just sitting with yourself and trying to understand what what is it that I'm trying to achieve with this? Am I okay? with people perceiving this in a way that I'm not intending like am I okay with men bullying at me and if you're okay with that then whatever go and do it but yeah me I just found it the the line between me doing it for me and being okay with men ogling at me just got super fine and I didn't even know like it was all messy and I was just like no I just I don't I don't think I can <laughs> you're like I'm oh, out man. goodbye everyone I feel like this conversation can't even happen in like the 3D world. It's like a 4D conversation. There's so many. No, totally. Like, yeah. Okay, this, but also that. Yeah, but at the same time. (laughs) Oh my God, Hannah, dude, you're literally, your brain is so cool. It's totally a 4D conversation. Oh my God, that actually, you just articulated something I've been feeling for a long time. Oh, that is cool because it has so many legs because then you're thinking, oh, my God, well, think about even the body I inhabit. I'm just an able – I'm not just, but I'm an – I'm an able-bodied, straight, just conventional-looking white woman. But, mm-hmm. you know, me even posting or, like, using my body to, like, be empowering, quote-unquote, isn't even really saying anything new, you know what I mean, or, like, making space for other people who mm-hmm. don't have those conventional, you know, elements of social capital. That you, you could just go down the rabbit hole so deep yeah. forever, forever, forever. Yeah. It's, it's like disclaimer after disclaimer after disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I feel this way but... I don't think that. Yeah. But I feel the same, but I don't. Oh, like, totally. Oh and it's so like chronically related to the internet. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> what do you think? Like this whole journey that you've gone on towards like basically the whole conversation that we've just been having, do you think all those real, all those realizations about like the patriarchy and being a woman in the music industry and all the learnings that come with that, have they affected your relationship at all? Like has Dan been riding that wave with you? Is it something that you talk to him about? Yeah. I'm, I mean, to use some like internet speak, I, I think 
he's someone you'd describe as being written by a woman. <laughs> oh, like just oh my gosh, the best yes. kind of man. Dude, last weekend I took him to a flower farm and watched him pick a bouquet for his mum. <laughs> oh my god, it's stop. so cute! Wow, I couldn't handle it. Um, I personally well, can't handle he's, it. <laughs> he's like so so supportive. Like he just he constantly wants to engage. He wants to. He he's a great devil's advocate. Um, mm. He checks me when I'm saying something that's rubbish, or like, not checks me, but you know, it's like challenges you. Yeah, he does doesn't sit there and he's not just a passive listener. Like he wants to understand and he wants to know what the experience is. And um, I just I love the fact that he's kind of been there for me through it all. Like even at the start, he kind of, I mean, he must have just seen me as Hannah not me as the Eves Caritas thing I was presenting because that didn't really align with me mm. as a person and it's just the fact that you know he's been the constant through it all mm. is um I just feel so lucky I suppose and to have found like a someone that I really consider a teammate and also what <laughs> I I mean just one of your questions that you emailed me yeah. was like what do I look for And that's changed as well over the last um, few years of my life, just what I think a relationship should be and how that works. And, you know, it's very much like a choice to wake up every day and just choose to be a teammate Mm. and choose to love someone rather than I used to be way more like um, influenced by my feelings on that given day and, if there was a spot where I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I'm feeling it or we don't feel connected or in tune, I would get a bit freaked out by that. But Mm. instead, and now I'm just like, of course, like this is a completely other human being who has an entire life and depth and everything. Like we're not just going to be in sync all the time, but you have to choose to like make it work. You choose to be a teammate like it's a I don't know it's a choice like how do you know who to make that choice with do you know what I mean like you could you could make that choice choice every day with the first person you date yeah when you're saying that I'm like is that a reflection of where you're at now personally or is it a reflection of he has qualities that you want to keep in your life forever yeah 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 I would say definitely it's qualities based he's very opposite to me he is very practical, has a very different, like, love language. Um, mm. I'm very sensitive and I cry all the time and he's the opposite. And I never really thought that I would connect with someone who's, like, completely the opposite, but for some reason it just works. Mm. Um And then it's the knowing that. It's, like, the knowing that, yeah, this person brings out the best in me, so... You make it work, you compromise, you like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's amazing. But, I mean, hearing you say that, I have to think that you probably bring out the best in them as well because that's how it works. It's a partnership. It's pretty, I don't know, when people say that they're, like, lucky to find someone, like you said just before, it's so lovely. But I'm like, like, that's not luck. That's, like, you're a good person, so, of course, you're going (laughs) to attract a good person. Like, you've done that work to be someone that you want to be so of course they're going to come to your life I just think it's cool Mm. if you could tell a piece of advice anything at all 
to like your 20 year old self to like save them time and energy trying to just work it out. What do you think that would be? If you could send them a little note in a fortune cookie, what would you hope it would say to set them on the right path? (laughs) I mean, I would probably just say don't get another male manager. (laughs) (laughs) That is advice that we are taking ourselves at the moment. Yeah, Yeah, no, totally. Oh, my God, it's real, isn't it? Yeah, and things that seem so obvious seem so obvious to you now and it's like what has changed to make me see this with such clarity whereas like a year ago I couldn't see this and it's like I don't know sometimes I feel like I'm being brainwashed or something totally like what how can your perspective you know because a year or two years isn't even really that long in the scheme of life and I'm like how can you feel so differently about something or see something in a different way different perspective in that time yep here we are. Here we are. We just yeah. get older and wiser every single year, whether we like it or yeah, not. Yeah, baby. It's a curse. Yeah. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on Love Clues. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. I feel thank so, like, calm, but also, like, my brain has had a good long think. That's You're just awesome. That's awesome, Lil. I don't know. I think the way that you think about things is really interesting. I've had good conversation partners. Oh, stop it. it. Stop it, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's true. Not everyone gets it. It's it's amazing when someone understands mm. it, and, like, you guys very obviously do and it's like, all right, we just need to sit down in person. We do, yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally. Think next time when you're yeah, in, we will. Next time you're in Sydney, you need to come into the studio and we'll do part two. <laughs> Yeah. That actually, I know what you mean, Lil. That actually just like expanded my soul. And it also made me feel less alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I no, love it too. when that me happens. Too. Oh yeah. my God. I'm like, we're all in it together. Whether you're in the music industry or just like. I'm like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, Very maybe a little bit. That but was yeah. the best thing that came out of me putting that thing up online was mm. I didn't, I didn't know. I was so nervous about it mm. getting like no no comments like I called Dan because I was actually I was away at the time and I called him uh, like 10 minutes after I posted it and I was like has it got any comments like I was honestly I was like people aren't gonna read this it's it's text like I was so used to people only like clicking on my page if it was a thirst trap or something Mm. and he was like Hannah you should take a look at it it's like going off and then yeah, yeah it was it was amazing. So I was just I truly, I felt so isolated with mm. all those thoughts and it, just the way that everyone was, yeah, just like, oh, my God, I feel that way too. I was like, mm. that's awesome. Like, I'm so sorry. that It sucks that we all feel that way, but, like, at least we're together. Oh, my gosh, isn't it so weird? Because you'd think the biggest lesson being songwriters and musicians would be that when someone shares their story, other people feel connected to it. I'm like, that's the whole point of a song. That's why we all write songs and we all know that that is going to happen. But then there's even something, like you can write a very personal, vulnerable song. And I know loads of your songs are like personal stories, but even that is enough to like be a bit of a, I don't know, a protective layer between your your vulnerability and the world. And I don't know, mm-hmm. like saying something just completely In how it is English. straight out of yeah. your brain is a little bit more scary. It is, yeah. I'm really trying to practice that mm. going into, yeah, this next album. It's like, like you said, just 
straight from the brain mm. onto the paper rather than going through this filter of yes. people pleasing or whatever mm. it is that no nah, it's like doing do this properly and authentically and without a filter or don't do it at all because mm. yeah the other option is to demoralizing <laughs> bit bleak isn't it it's, it's, a, bit, a, bit, it's a bit bleak <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like old london town in a bit foggy in the winter um, oh yeah so what do you what do you got um what do you got coming up like obviously you're recording and yeah, stuff what's on the agenda yeah uh okay so i'm making my next album so it's so exciting happening i'm i'm in it That's you know awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god i can't wait to hear it i'm so excited and I genuinely have been different. a fan for a long time. So, like, not only is it awesome to be meeting with you, but what a great way to be having, like, such a beautiful conversation with you. This is, like, yeah. really special. Grace is, is a fan. Special. She's rocking with it. You know how you just said your new stuff will be different? Don't even worry. The day ones, the day they stick by your side. Come <laughs> through it all. no matter what, okay? Yeah. Loyalty. I think the day ones will like it probably more than the newer bands I don't know I just think it's more leaning towards like alternative Hannah than uh cool pop star Hannah yeah I love it (laughs) yeah right right cool Hannah thank you so much this has been like such a pleasure thank you you know I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation I loved it thank you all for listening to another stop quit your scuffling around thank you everyone <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Love Clues. That was such an awesome conversation with Hannah. I can't wait to hear her new album, as I'm sure all of you feel the same. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> Thank you. I'll say, I'll say it. Shut up. Shush. Three, two. I'm literally not talking. Okay, go. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Love Clues with the amazing Eves Caritas, a.k.a. Hannah, as she's known to us because we're now best buds with her. We love her so much. That was an amazing conversation about, oh, universally expanding ideas around social media and bodies and femininity, patriarchy and what it all means and how we can play (laughs) our part. And we're really appreciative of Hannah's time. Thank you. We're appreciative of your time. And we'll see you next week. See you, <laughs> we'll see up you the next week.